Night one of WrestleMania is in the books. Let's go to the review here on the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, let's get right down to it. The first match, SmackDown Tag Team Championship. The Usos do retain against Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura. Nice entrance by Shinsuke and Rick Boogs. Nice little guitar playing. Couple missed notes, like I feared were going to happen, but Just that's not what everybody. We're not going to talk about the missed notes. There were a couple times that happened. I think most people are talking with this match is the unfortunate injury that Rick Boogs sustained. He tore his patella tendon and his quad, completely blowing up his knee uh, on a spot where he was trying to carry both Usos and his knee just gave out. Obviously cut the match short and Usos retained. I think they were going to retain anyway, but what I think the match was good heading up to that point, and then it just kind of derailed due to the injury. Yeah, it was really unfortunate. I mean, I didn't know. I I actually thought, based on the entrance and the fact that this was going on first, we kind of talked about the fact that we felt like the Usos might actually drop the titles just for the sake of, like, building tension that they have to prove themselves to Roman, leaning into Mm -hmm. night two, all this stuff. Yep. But we were going to get that. Really unfortunate with Boogs. Um, Wasn't a bad match leading up to that point, but it was pretty obvious that... Match either got cut short or, you know, they had to call an audible, whatever the case was. Certainly affected the match. Um, but, you know, it, it wasn't bad. It just unfortunate situation in, leading into the match. So Right, right. I, I think part of it was just, I, I thought originally it was a kayfabe injury. Like they were going to try to write him off for some reason and then Nakamura would be part of the storyline right. against the Usos in the future because... You know, we never got the follow-up to when Shinsuke lost that gauntlet match because Roman Reigns, you know, used his power to get Adam Pearce into that gauntlet match. Yep. No follow-up to that. And maybe that would have been a catalyst to this to kind of get him to Roman Reigns after WrestleMania. But hopefully Shinsuke could bounce back from this as a singles guy because it's obvious they use Rick Boogs as a way to get Shinsuke over. And I think it yep. worked for the most part. And Rick Boogs was over himself, so hopefully he has a speedy recovery. He could get back into the ring. He's very entertaining for a lot of people, and it's a tough injury, and I hope Shinsuke could bounce back from this, and you know they continue to push him as a singles guy for the time being. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Shinsuke Nakamura, depending on if they actually want to get behind him and push him like they did you know, back when he was winning the Royal Rumble and stuff like that, there's no, there's no question about it. I mean, he can certainly be positioned in a way where he can be made to feel special, even if that's in like um, the IC title, the US title. I mean, he could fit in that role. I know that's not necessarily the most uh, celebrated title right now, even though right. it should be. Um, right. But uh, he'll be fine on his own until Boogs makes a recovery and then eventually makes his way back. Yeah, I totally agree. But let's head to the next match here. History was made in this match. Drew McIntyre Kicks out of the end of days. The first yes. person to ever do that. This is why wrestlers today need to protect their damn finishers. It got a nice reaction. The match itself was a pretty decent match. I understand some people might have not been invested in it. They're not, you know, invested in the happy Corbin, happy folks, Mad Cat Moss character. I myself don't like the character, but Drew McIntyre has had good matches with both Corbin and Mad Cat Moss during this whole three-month, four-month feud. And I think they delivered in a way where, you know, Drew was still over despite this stupid feud that he's been in and the kicking out of the end of days where 
you know, Corbin sold the hell out of it. Commentary pointed out that no one's kicked out of it. Yeah. This is why you have to protect your finishers, people. No, I, I agree 100%. Um, you know, I said this leading into this when we were doing our reviews, but I'm sorry, when we were making our predictions, but I think uh, Baron Corbin is drastically underrated. I yep. think that he has personality. I think that he gets good heat when he's the bad guy. And I think that he actually usually puts on good matches, especially when he's in there with the the upper tier guys, somebody like a Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Um, this match itself, you know, leading into it, whether you like the feud or you dislike the feud, they both kind of tried to do their best. Um, I could certainly do without Drew McIntyre and the whole hokiness behind, you know, the sword and stuff like that. I'm not into it because, you know, every time he swings that thing at somebody, essentially he could be charged with attempted murder. And he's, you know, it's not like it's a, a prop of some sort. It's like a legitimate sword that he's carrying. Well, around. well, um, some people have debated that after the ropes break spot that they did where he swung the sword through the ropes and you could actually see the blade bend over the bottom rope. So people think that it might not actually be a real sword now because of that. Whatever. It's <laughs> the perception, uh, the, at, Back to the Undertaker, perception's reality. They want you to believe it's a real sword. Right. Oh, so he should. Uh, but he, a, anyway, uh, enough enough about Angela or whatever the hell he called Angela, Angela, right? That's what he calls yes, the sword. Yes, Angela. So, um, you know, these guys did their very best trying to build this feud. Um, happy Corbin. You like him. You dislike him. He's at least invested in his uh, character, as is Madcap Moss. And they kind of built, even though it wasn't, something that a lot of people are invested in. At least they were committed to trying to build the best feud going into this. Uh, they built this tension between both Happy Corbin and Madcap going kind of going into this match the whole mm -hmm. time over the past couple of weeks. Um, just the fact that, you know, uh, Happy Corbin wasn't buying into the jokes. He didn't think certain things were as funny that he, he used to do. Um, and he actually got involved in the match, which inevitably kind of cost him the match at the end of it. So, yep. um, not a bad match. You know, from this point on in the show, this is where I felt like, you know, the first match, the uh, the unfortunate events led into this. The second match of the night really kind of turned things up a little bit, and it kind of progressed throughout the rest of the night and kind of maintained momentum. And I think that these guys went out there and put on, you know, I, I would consider it as a solid match. Is it a, a classic WrestleMania match? No, but there's certainly been much worse matches. And uh, at the very end, end of the day, it, I found it to be a, a good, solid, entertaining match, which is... Well, I thought we were going to get out of these two. Right. Totally agree. And we'll head to the next match here. The Miz turns on Logan Paul after their win against the Mysterios. I do have to point out, though, we got a little bit of throwback with the Mysterios. Not only did we see Dominic Mysterio give a uh, tip of the cap to Eddie Guerrero with his attire. We also saw the, the well-known entrance of Rey Mysterio where he came up from under the stage. I've been wondering since they've done a lot of these stages setups before with like an elevated stage, when is uh, Ray Mysterio going to come through again? And he, they haven't done it. They finally did it this time. It was very cool. Unexpected. Loved it. And then we got the Miz and Logan Paul. And we wonder, was Logan Paul going to, you know, be a, effective in this match? Will he actually take it seriously? Will he actually be good in the ring? And for the second year in a row, the Miz brings out a celebrity that shines in the damn match. And for the second year in the row, the IWC looks foolish because these are the types <laughs> of things that they, oh yeah, you know, these guys are, are terrible. Nobody knows who Logan Paul is. He's got 23 million subscriptions on YouTube. People know who Logan Paul is, as do they know who his brother is. 
who was on the pre-show, just because you don't know him or you want to downplay the significance of the celebrity that's in whatever match they're in, doesn't mean one, they're not relevant, or two, they're not going to be able to work. And Logan Paul, dare I say, might have had the most heat on the night, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what you wanted to see. And when he needed to wrestle and look effective and look good in in whatever spots he was involved in, he looked good. So, you know, I... The match itself, to me, too, was good, too. I, what did you think of the match? I thought it was fine. I thought it I was thought really the match, good. I thought the match was really good. And, you know, you, you talk about the heat and Logan Paul not only doing the frog splash, but three yeah. amigos. So another yeah. tip of the cap of Eddie Guerrero, which got major heat, especially in Texas, where, you know, Eddie's from, you know, and being the Mysterios. I thought that was great. Logan Paul looked amazing. I thought... Their chemistry with The Miz was very good as a tag team. And for the most part, they worked the hot tag uh, on on Dominic and Rey Mysterio too. So I thought it was a solid match. And yeah. very surprised to see The Miz being the one to turn on Logan Paul. And it makes you wonder, was it a face turn? Or was he just being a heel, doing heelish things, and Logan Paul now becomes yeah. a baby face in the process? Yeah, I don't. I don't know what they're going to do with Logan Paul. It's very obvious to me that he's a natural heel. They they would be hard pressed to find and convince fans, especially after this match, to to cheer for uh, Logan Paul. Um, yeah. So if anything, I think this is probably going to be a face turn for the the Miz. Um, right. I don't even. I don't know what they intend to do with the Miz and Logan Logan Paul going forward. If they're going to try to build a feud or a, a match to, for those two, but. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I thought just the match itself, everybody kind of delivered when they needed to deliver. Logan Paul is obviously a natural heel, uh, obviously knows how to get under people's skin. He probably gets under people's skin by just walking in the room because he's one of those guys that you just love to hate. And he was able to kind of dial into that and piss people off last mm-hmm. night, which is what you want from a bad guy or a heel. So not necessarily a bad thing. I really like the finish of this match because it really made you think that, okay, as the Mysterios got that late momentum in the end or at the tail end of the match, I thought the Mysterios were going to win. The Miz made that hot tag or the tag, I think, on on uh, Logan Paul's back without most people seeing it. Mm-hmm. He snuck in and he got the pin, which I thought was great because it was a good swerve. Let people to believe that the Mysterios were going to win and it didn't happen. Right. Um, yeah, I... I I thought this was a, a really good solid match kind of building off again off the match that kind of happened before it. So right. I, th- I thought everybody did their part really well. Yeah, they did. I mean, really good match. And maybe WWE might need to consider a celebrity division in their <laughs> in WWE between Bad Bunny, now Logan Paul. We'll see Johnny Knoxville and, and Pat McAfee later. Maybe yep. get Lawrence Taylor out of retirement. Who knows? But Make we got... Work. You know, there's a lot of people you could throw in there, but let's let's talk about what I think was the match of the night. Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship. Now, you talk about earlier the IWC getting stuff wrong and looking very foolish. Let's all go back to August of 2021, and Bianca Belair loses to Becky Lynch in 26 yep. seconds. Yep. Everyone and their mother and their father and their sister and their brother said, Bianca Belair is buried. Well, (laughs) I don't think so. No, no. This was the plan all along. And the crowd popped the hell for Bianca Belair after she won. So for all you that think one loss means you're buried. If 
you think WWE does not know how to make stars, if you think that anyone that comes from NXT and goes to the main roster just to flounder in the mid card, this is an example of why you're wrong. They built Bianca Belair from the ground up. She main evented WrestleMania last year, had the match of night one last night against Becky Lynch, and the feud was definitely main event quality, and they proved it in the ring that this match should have main evented. It was a great match. May, may have had the best match last year at WrestleMania too. She, yeah. She, her, she, her and uh, Sasha had a great match last year. So, mm -hmm. you know, I texted you. I said, you know, I know they call her big, uh, big time Bex. It's almost like we might want to consider big time uh, Bianca because when she's put in a big match in a tight spot and a big spot, she delivers. Last night's match mm -hmm. was awesome. Um, you can go back and forth and debate whether you want to call that the match of the night. I imagine most people would say it was either this match or it would have been the, uh, the Seth and Cody match, which we'll get into. But, uh, as far as this is concerned, you know, I keep saying this, people want long-term storytelling and they want long-term booking and all that type of stuff, but they don't have the patience to let things progress and build. Now there's a big part of this that we're kind of overlooking has WWE been known to have things happen and have people lose in similar fashion like Bianca and then not revisit it or let somebody get their win back? Yes, they have. So I think to a certain extent, when people see that happen, like what happened with Bianca and Becky, um, you know, they start to lose faith that WWE will actually take the time to re-invest uh, in somebody like Bianca or anybody else. You know, that's obviously what happened with Kofi, unfortunately. We go back mm -hmm. to when Brock beat him. Uh, in, in very convincing fashion. And then, you know, we didn't get the follow-up or anything like that. Or we really haven't seen Kofi been pushed to that extent. Now, with Bianca, last night was a very good example of how you can lose and pretty much get dominated, but be built back up. Because this, right. this win, especially having Becky being who she is just as a character, um, you know, as a face when she's super over or as a heel where she's getting a ton of heat and going out there and really being invested in herself, that helps uh, legitimize a win like with Bianca for last night. Because had it just been Bianca going out there and facing somebody who they built a story for, let's say, a month or two, yeah, it would be good for her to get a win at WrestleMania, but at the same time, it wouldn't be as impactful or meaningful as a win like last night because they spent so much time building this story, building this feud. The fact that be, uh, Becky did dominate their first time that they did have a match. So all of that stuff um, played a big factor going into this match, and it meant a whole lot coming out of the match knowing that Bianca did win. And Bianca mm -hmm. is one of the few people who, in an age in pro wrestling, where, you know, you have the snarkier, the smarter fan who just is going to boo any face as or anybody who gets to the point where you want them to be, um, you know, they're just going to boo them for the sake of booing them. You know, yeah. okay, well, we want this person to be champion. They're the champion. We're sick of them. Let's boo them. Now, it started to happen a little bit with Drew McIntyre. Bianca is the first person in a long time that I've seen where – it seems like, you know, unanimously people just get behind her as a baby face. And that's what you want. Now, eventually, I'm sure that will wear off. The act will probably get old as it does with everybody. It happened to the likes of Hulk Hogan. The only one I can't think of it happening to was, I guess, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it happened to The Rock. It happened to Hogan. Um, but she, she is very well liked and accepted. And above all, 
She can wrestle. She delivers in a big match more times than she doesn't. And last night, her and Becky went out there and silenced any critics that they may have had, especially Becky, because I know sometimes she gets a reputation for not delivering or being sloppy or not putting on good matches. They both killed it last night. This yeah. is probably um, my favorite Becky match in a long time. Uh, and Bianca, like I said, just kind of re-upped what she did last year and delivered another classic WrestleMania match. Right, and I think what was great about this match, too, was the story told in the match where Becky was going to do whatever it took to win, even if she had to cheat, but Bianca knew that ahead of time and always was one step ahead of her. So she was yeah. the smartest in the match. She was the strongest. She was the quickest. She was the fastest. All those ESTs that she says she was. And I will admit... She had the best entrance last night with that marching band, too. So Her entrance was, all, well, the, the finish of the match, I like, too. And, and that's mm -hmm. one of the things that I, I like about Bianca is because she's so athletic, it allows them to do innovative spots that you wouldn't normally see from just anybody else, whether that's because of her, her strength that they're trying to highlight. Like, I, I remember last year, you know, Sasha, where she had her kind of in that overhead press position, and she walked her up the stairs and threw her back into the ring. Um, and then the finish last night where she did that uh, backflip into the KOD. So, you know, she's she's very good. And I think that mm -hmm. she definitely is one of the few individuals who went from like that mid card at one point and just somebody that they can just put out there as a, as a main eventer whenever they want. Similar to like Sasha, Bailey, Becky, any of those people. She's in that category for sure right now. Right. So I think at this point now, she's really outside of the four horsewomen. She's really the only one in the women's division where you could say, like, that's a main eventer in the women's division. And, and not only that, but this also kind of, again, confirms what we've been saying on the show forever. Not everybody goes from NXT and can be successful, but it doesn't mean there aren't a select few because it is more difficult than people let on that are going to come from NXT and find success. Bianca Belair, I was at takeovers where she was wrestling and they booed her because her character in NXT didn't match with that fan base wanted. She's better mm -hmm. suited for the main roster, but right. she's another one who worked her way up through NXT and now is finding success for her. So for everybody that out there that wants to say, you know, NXT is a failure. They don't breed new uh, stars. No, it's just not everybody is meant to be on the main roster or whatever works in NXT doesn't mean it's going to work on the main roster. She's another example of somebody who can work their way up through NXT and find success. And especially the women's division, uh, that's that's another person who, who again, they've, they've produced so many successful women uh, that have come mm -hmm. up from NXT. And now you can add her, na her name to that list for sure. Right. I think what it comes down to, and this could be a separate debate, you know, for a separate episode is... When they have someone from the ground up, and the, basically this is what NXT 2.0 is, they can make them a superstar. And that's what Be Bianca Belair was because she had no indie experience. She literally came from college as a track star to the WWE with zero experience, and they made her a WWE WrestleMania main eventer and a huge focal point in the women's division. Now, yeah. let's head out to the next match, which does feature a couple indie darlings, if you will, but... The mystery opponent was revealed. And I'll admit, after Friday night, in that amazing speech by The Undertaker, and he yep. closed it out with Never Say Never, I'm like, oh, crap. They're making him the mystery opponent so that they could have, like, this five-minute squash match. He could hit his, you know, his greatest hits in front of a crowd because he never got to have that final match in front of fans. This would finally yep. be it. 
But no, they actually delivered. They delivered. They actually were dropping hints that it was Cody Rhodes. The reports were true. The fans yeah. were not working themselves. Cody Rhodes, the WWE confirmed. And on top of that, it's not Stardust. And on top of that, Cody Rhodes addresses the, oh, they're just going to make him Stardust by doing the Stardust taunt. And Corey Graves with the best call in that match was, no, he's not celebrating. He's shedding skin off his back. That was Cor- a- Corey Graves, Graves had a couple of good calls last night. This he was did. probably one of the better Corey Graves uh, commentary matches, uh, even from Cody's entrance when he he literally called back to Cody's epic promo when he said, you know, he he's went from undesirable to undeniable. He yep. called back to that. Um, you know, I think they certainly ignored a couple things. Didn't want to bring light to the fact that he did find success in AEW, but I didn't expect them. Well, to they did. Up. They did say six years. He made a name for himself and then came back. So yes, without saying yes. ring of honor, new Japan and AEW, but, um, and, and, you know, Seth Rollins did in fact, kind of bring up AEW by saying, welcome back <laughs> to the big leagues, which Itch. I'm sure. Yeah. Which I'm sure just gave a one star off of Meltzer's uh, star rating for this match, just for that comment alone. But, We'll see when those come out later this week. <laughs> so here's what I thought from beginning to end. Uh, the lights went out. I immediately thought what you thought, and I talked to you about after after Undertaker's speech. I said, okay, if it's not Cody, I think it's going to be Undertaker. And I, I yep. would have been okay with that. Had it been, uh, had the Undertaker not given that epic speech, I don't know how I would have felt about it. Um, but I felt like the undertaker had so much momentum after that epic speech that if it was the undertaker, okay, I would be okay with it. Once the lights went out, I thought, okay, it's either undertaker or fiend. Um, but then we got, you know, the, the, um, the whole thing about there's more than one Royal family in pro wrestling and the place went absolutely Mm -hmm. nuts. And Mm -hmm. this is the first point I want to make. Whether you're a fan of AEW or whether you're Tony Khan or whether you're a fan of WWE, this is why competition is a good thing in pro wrestling. Because it's very obvious, and I said this for so long, that the Cody Rhodes that went to AEW, or even before that, New Japan, Ring of Honor, that is not Stardust. Cody Rhodes bet on himself. He walked away from whatever contract WWE offered him, and he said, I'm going to go and do something different. He's the first guy in a really long time that went outside of WWE and really made a name for himself and recreated himself, and now he's found his way back, mm-hmm. and it meant so much. But right. for, a- for the AEW fans and for Tony Khan even, they should be, as much as it sucks to see him go to WWE, if you're a fan of those companies or other companies, um, you should feel proud. You should be happy because it shows you that However many the real the real amount of people there, 50,000, 60,000, 70,000. 66, I think, is what the ticket distributor whatever. was. Whatever it may be, that reaction just confirms that, look, if you're, an a- if you're AEW, you can build stars. It pretty much was confirmed right there. Cody Rhodes, that's not the same Cody that was in WWE prior to him leaving. That is the version that he helped kind of create, but AEW gave the platform to shine and become who he is today. So him going back and getting that type of reception in, I imagine what you would consider enemy territory, if you want to call it that, only confirms that, look, AEW can build stars and they can give people the platform to be successful. Now, on the other hand, if you're an MJF or you're a Jade Cargill or Wardlow or anybody that might be even considering a jump to WWE, last night on a one-night basis, granted because it's only one night here, 
uh, that we're talking about this based on. It shows you that if you're if you're successful and you're the right person, they will treat you like a star. Because Cody mm -hmm. last night came across as a star. It was the, in hindsight, it was the absolute right decision to wait until WrestleMania to view, to to debut him or repackage him or whatever you want to call it, um, because it was palpable. I mean, the the ovation he got. Seth Rollins was the perfect guy to go against him because of the whole history where Seth has made some pretty uh, significant comments about guys that do work in AEW or WWE being the big leagues and all that type of stuff. So having a guy like Cody come from AEW to WWE, it was more impactful going against a guy like Seth. And, yep. um, you know, he I, honestly, commentary said it, and I, I literally sat back and thought to myself a couple things. One, this is an absolute huge, memorable uh, WrestleMania moment. And two, it was just surreal. Like, I, if we got Cody back last night, I did not think we were going to get the Cody entrance. I didn't think that we were going to get the music and all of that type. I just, if it was one guy going from WWE to AEW, I would say absolutely I could see it because they give you more freedom there uh, creatively and all that type of stuff. And, you know, they kind of cater to a smarter fan, if you want to call it that. Um, but to see Cody go to WrestleMania with the... Everything, the American Nightmare, the theme song, the entrance, it was honestly surreal. Like, I almost felt like I, I had to sit back because I didn't believe it was actually happening, which was, it was just crazy. Right. I think this was the biggest ovation a quote-unquote outsider got in a debut since AJ came in the 2016 yeah. Royal Rumble. Yeah. You know, and like the fact that his character, the fact that his his you know, presentation, his moveset, nothing was touched. Now, this could be a one-night thing and things could derail from here till now, but I think anybody that had a doubt that, oh, he's just going to be Stardust, he's just going to be a mid-carter, he's not going to be a big player, AEW won't miss him. Yeah. I think, th I think that case is closed. You know, I, I think... As I thought heading into it, if Cody was coming back, we will eventually see him challenging for world championships. Maybe one day he be, he ends up winning it. Who knows? If if this momentum continues from last night, he's probably going to be the guy that beats Roman. I'm not I afraid to say that. that. Well, I mean, because there's there's a couple of things too. Cody, or not just Cody, but in in if you're gonna wrestle in the WWE or you're gonna wrestle in AEW, like you're you're definitely gonna be one or the other, skilled in the ring or a really good personality. I mean, to find success in pro wrestling, you ha probably have to have both. The best of the best have both, but in reality, if you're going to be working at that level in one of those companies, you're either a really good wrestler or you you can talk or have a personality and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Cody has both. Yes. He can go out there and cut epic promos. We've seen him do it a million times. And for anybody that had a question about Cody Rhodes' skill set, ability to have great matches, which he did it time and time again in AEW, so I don't even know why it was ever questioned or presented that you know he's he's mid, as they like to call it, or he's not a true main eventer, or you know he's subpar. BS, man. Because last yep. night, him and Seth put on a freaking classic. Not only that, this was a lot more hard-hitting than I ever anticipated to be. Cody Rhodes was an absolute mess after this match. Yeah, and um, he didn't need was... the blade. I, I did see someone tweet, like, 
jokingly <laughs> saying Cody Rhodes was looking for the blade from the ref, and the ref responded, "This isn't AEW." <laughs> <laughs> well, in any event, I mean, I mean, Cody certainly silenced his critics and Cody Rhodes going back to like what your original point, he has the ability to have a character, the belief in himself, cut great promos and he can wrestle. And for anybody that's going to go over Roman, you know, Roman certainly is like their, their cash cow right now. And if Brock isn't going to beat him, you need somebody with a personality or whatever else to carry that torch. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cody certainly has that ability. So, um, We'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, it's only one night. We have to see what happens with all the weeks and months going forward. But Cody has a ton of momentum behind him right now after last night. So right. we'll see. Yeah. And- the match was great. The match was very, very, very good. Probably one of Seth's best matches, certainly ever, but in a very long time. And um, he's another one, too, that gets a bad rep for non-WWE fans, for somebody who's overrated, can't deliver, subpar, again. Can't deliver. Narratives. Have have they watched Seth Rollins at WrestleMania? Like he's starting no. to become <laughs> he's starting to become like a Mr. WrestleMania on his own. With the match last night, last year with Cesaro, his match uh with Cody uh with Randy Orton at WrestleMania 31 and you know the heights you don't of have the to tell me. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying these are just arguments that people should start bringing up with Seth Rollins. It's just because of what happened with the Fiend and some of the things he says on Twitter and bringing his bank book into the conversation with Will Ospreay. That's why they hate him. It's not because of his in They just use it as an example of why they don't like him. But Seth Rollins is one of the best wrestlers in the world. And if you can't agree with that, I, I want to know why in the comments below. But let's head to the next match. We got Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair. There's a positive to this. Was it the best match ever? No, but there's a positive to this. The fans... Didn't hijack it. Thank God the fans just watched the damn match. The fans were invested from the start of the show to the end of the night. Now, were there moments in certain matches where they weren't as loud? Uh, yes, but the to credit to all anybody who had a match last night, they got the fans back into the match when they needed to. Um, mm-hmm. This was not a bad match. It wasn't a great all-time classic match, but it was good. It was solid. I wouldn't give it like... Uh, five stars or whatever kind of range you want to give it, but it was good. I mean, Ronda Rousey, another one who gets a bad reputation for somebody who can't wrestle, can't deliver. Um, she's not the most skilled wrestler, but she certainly held her own. Um, it wasn't bad. It wasn't no. bad. I didn't have high hopes. I my my big concern was that they were going to hijack the match. Credit to the fans last night because there were no stupid. And I wrote this down. One of the takeaways for the night. There were no stupid chants. There were no hijackings. It was just, we're here to enjoy a good wrestling show. And they were invested when they needed to be invested. And, you know, it made for a good wrestling atmosphere. Almost like a throwback atmosphere. You didn't get, until the end of the night, you didn't get what chants. You didn't get any of the other, this is awesome chants. Which isn't so bad, but you really didn't get that stuff. It was just kind of like a a classic wrestling fan uh, you had sports entertainment fans last night. You didn't have Whatever pro wrestling fans as if you want to separate the two terms, which they're the same, but still yeah. either way. Uh, I'm a little surprised that Charlotte does end up winning though. And this, the finish makes sense. If you even go into the little details and you're a little bit of a smarter fan, because Ralph, who was the referee in this match? Oh, uh, Charles Robinson. That's it right. was Charles Robinson, AKA 
Little Nate. Yep. <laughs> Little Nate screwed over Ronda Rousey because she he counted three and then reversed it, and then he fell asleep when Ronda Rousey was tapping out Charlotte Flair and then magically woke up when she let yep. go of the submission. Big boo, Charlotte wins. Now, yep. I might be explaining that in kayfabe terms, but still, the finish was interesting, and I'm interested to see where this goes, if they're going to extend this storyline or is Ronda going to go away for a while because people think Ronda's part-time, but in her two runs, she was there almost every week. She just left to have a baby, so I don't know if that's really yeah. considered part-time. No, honestly, again, another such a silly narrative because going back to so many of the unfortunate passings of wrestlers who were who were so young, far too young uh to 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 be uh uh passing away or and all that type of stuff uh but they all talked about the grind that was on the road 300 mm-hmm. plus days a year Bret Hart just talked about it i think Kevin Nash acknowledged it with the unfortunate passing of Scott Hall why are we pushing for more days like if you can build a good story and have somebody go away and get some rest for three months to be with their family or recuperate and not have their body break down that's a bad thing all of a sudden it's just again Mm -hmm. these narratives that come up the talking points that come up to try and justify the most ridiculous things why ed shouldn't main event oh he's a part-timer why ronda rousey shouldn't be involved in wrestlemania oh she's a part-timer well i'm sorry it's like you know, screw her for wanting to go and have a family, you know? No, no, they're yeah. human beings too. Like we shouldn't be pushing for more days just because it appeases you and, and uh, justifies why somebody should have a main event spot. If they're over, they're over. If they can work, they can work. If they're older and they could still work, let them have the match. And if they can get X amount of days off because that's what means they'll be able to go out there and perform and still have a, a family and all that type of stuff, who the hell cares? Stop right. with these dumb narratives that you guys come up with. Right. After all, they're independent contractors, right? We want them to be sure. independent contractors, not employees. Whatever right? you want to call right? it. Right. Whatever right. you want. All all the pro, all, so many pro wrestlers have come out and talk about how bad it is for you to be on the road and work through injuries and stuff. CM Punk said it. So it's not just like it's confined to one company, but then all of a sudden when it's convenient to say, oh, well, that's a part-time or they don't deserve a spot or they shouldn't work because they're part-time. Mm-hmm. What's part-time? Like Edge going back to last year was supposedly part-time. He's been on almost all the Raws or SmackDowns when he's been supposed to be there to promote his match. Like, right? it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But, I, the, you know, the match itself wasn't one that is going to break Meltzer's star ratings or everyone's going to talk about for the rest of their lives. Like, Oh my God, this was the greatest match ever. It was a solid match. It was, it delivered more. It delivered higher than my expectations of it. And the crowd just not hijacking it helped with that matter. But the main event of the night, Ralph Stone cold. Steve Austin does actually have a match with Kevin Owens. And not only that, it's a no holds barred match. Yeah. His first match in 19 years, he ends up winning against Kevin Owens. This exceeded my expectations too, because even going into the night, I, you know, my wife was like, are they really having Stone Cold have a match? And I'm like, no, they're really just going to have a talk. And then yeah. one of them's going to get stunned and that's it. But no, they actually have it where Kevin Owens is like, sorry, Steve, I tricked you. I actually wanted you to come out so I could challenge you to a no holds barred match. And the look on Austin's face really made it seem like this is the first time he's hearing that he's going to have this match. 
Like he actually sold it. Like you son of a bitch. Yeah. You really had me come all this way to have a no holds barred match after 19 years. I can't take bumps like this. I, I, I got a bad neck, a bad back, bad knees. I can't have a no holds barred match. Screw you. But then he comes out and he asks, you want me to kick uh, Kevin Owens ass? Give me a hell yeah. Hell yeah. The match happens. And it was slow in the beginning. And I was like, wow, Austin doesn't have it. He does not have it. He can't even stump a mud hole in it, Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. But as the match progressed, I think he started getting into it and was like, all right, the, the training yeah. wheels are off. I'm starting to get the hang of this. I actually feel the, the adrenaline again. This feels awesome. And he's taking a suplex on the concrete. He gives a suplex on the stage. He's Twice. drinking beer throughout the, throughout the match. It was like, I mean, it's not the stone cold of old, but it was actually quite impressive. No, it was. And I, I think initially, I mean, he hasn't done this in what, 19 years or something? 19 years. Said? Yeah. So, I mean, even when you go from just, and, and you've hear, you hear wrestlers say this all the time, like being in shape is different than being, uh, is different than being like in ring shape. And granted, this was no holds barred, but still very physical against a guy who does this every single day. So obviously uh, you're going to see a difference in, uh, the speed and the stamina and all that type of stuff. But I do agree with you. I felt like Stone Cold originally came out a little slower, and I was like, oh, my God, no. Like, don't let this come across bad. Like, it's been such a good night. He's such a legend. He's literally, in my opinion, the greatest character of all time. Like, I didn't want this to go and, like, tarnish him in any way, and I don't right. think it did. By the end of it, I was like, okay, this is great. I feel like he found, like, a second gear, or, like, adrenaline kicked in and took yeah. over, and he was able to really kind of... Uh, perform after that because, you know, was it an all-time great match? No, not by any means. But was it what I would consider like a WrestleMania moment and something that had the fans happy to see? Absolutely. Kevin Owens is, I don't think you want to say underrated. I think you could probably just say awesome because mm-hmm. he sold his ass off in this match. Um, Stone Cold did his part. A lot of the spots that he did, including the the suplexes and stuff that you already mentioned, caught me by surprise. I did not think that we were going to get him being that physical or any of those spots. I didn't even expect the match. So the match itself, right. I was like, oh my God, I can't, they're actually going to do this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was, it was, for what it was, it was very good. And it made for a good ending on what was, in my opinion, a really, really good night for WWE last night. Yeah. And if I can just... Uh, summarize night one of WrestleMania. It was that when they want to deliver, yes, they can deliver. When yep. they want to make a star, they can make a star. When they want to work the hell out of you, they will work the hell out of you and keep you guessing and wondering, oh, is it going to be Cody? Is it not going to be Cody? Did they build it up right? Did they not build it up right? You know, you know, and you know, the whole NXT argument. Think about everyone that was on that card and who went through NXT and Triple H. Triple H, you know, quietly got a tip of the cap last night with all the people that came from NXT and delivered last night. From Kevin Owens, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, uh, you know, Seth Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, all went through NXT, all had big moments, all had decent matches. There was not a bad match on the night. The one thing I will say... That is 
The, the Shin, Shinsuke Nakamura was another one. The one thing I will say that was a negative from this match, or from this night, one, the fact that the New Day versus Sheamus and yeah. Rich Holland got cut due to time yeah. constraints, that could have easily been avoided with the excess amount of video packages. Now, I understand it's WWE. Every match, especially at WrestleMania, has a video package before their match. So I'm not even like too upset that there were too many video packages, but you know, the fact that a match got cut because of it. And I hope at least they, you know, make good of it by at least putting them on the kickoff for night two. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's, what the, I was that's, that's the only negative that I have from this night. Yeah. But no, I, I the, agree. The, the video, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say the things that needed to deliver did deliver. They delivered with Beck, Becky and Bianca. They delivered with Cody and stone cold. Steve Austin actually presented with a, a presentable match. Right. And, and that my biggest takeaways of night one, one, I felt like WWE certainly hit a home run last night and set the bar really high for night two. It's going to be, especially when you look at the matches that are going to be happening tonight, it's going to be difficult for them to kind of meet that same standard, but it might happen. I mean, I don't know. You, we'll, we'll see. But last night, I think, was a very good night for WWE because of how good the matches ended up being. The one thing that I do want to point out is... As you said, look at some of the bigger storylines heading into WrestleMania night one last night. You had uh, Bianca and you had Becky, which was one of the longer storylines that they've done in a really long time. That match delivered, and that was obviously very good. Uh, You had Kevin Owens and Stone Cold Steve Austin, which was, again, one of their bigger storylines heading into WrestleMania, and I felt like that delivered. Um, And then most importantly, probably you had Cody and Seth, which they were teasing Mm -hmm. Cody for weeks and weeks and weeks. He never showed up. Um, It made for an epic debut or repackaging of Cody Rhodes, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Seth Rollins really was relied upon to kind of build that storyline going into WrestleMania all by himself. So those three storylines heading into Mania made for really great moments where the fans got exactly what they wanted to get. And it just goes to show you, like, this is the other thing I wanted to point out. There were no gimmicky matches. There were no silly things. It was like, look, they're all pro wrestlers at the end of the day. Sports entertainers, pro wrestlers, whatever you want to call them. Last night, they just let them go out there and do what pro wrestlers do and have matches. And look Mm -hmm. at what happened. It was a great showing for WWE, probably one of the better WrestleManias, in my opinion, in a really, really long time. And I even saw some of the snarkiest of snarky non-WWE fans like on, on Twitter giving credit to WWE for last night. Um, we've been on here numerous times where WWE doesn't deliver in big spots. And, you know, last night was not one of those cases. They delivered, right. I think, on all fronts in the ring, storylines heading into WrestleMania. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens tonight. But if tonight's WrestleMania is good, tonight's showing, I think a lot of people might actually consider this one of the best WrestleManias of all time because night one is certainly, in my opinion is in that category. I, I don't know if you agree, but I, I hold it up there with some of the better WrestleManias that we've seen in a long yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, it's going to depend on what happens with night two. You know, Brock and Roman have a lot of weight on their shoulders. Yes, they do. They yes, really, they do. especially because it's being hyped the biggest WrestleMania match ever. If that doesn't even come close to being presentable and delivering, it, it just throws the whole thing out, I think. Like, yeah. that's how much... and. You know, I think night one was a very top-heavy card where even the lower card matches, not a lot of people were interested in, but the matches that mattered did deliver. Yep. Night two has a little bit more, you know, 
of balance in it. And, you know, storylines were throughout the whole card. So if this does deliver, I think I agree with you. This might be talked about with the likes of 17 and 19 and 20 and as one of the best WrestleManias ever. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. But let us know your thoughts of night one of WrestleMania in the comments below. Don't forget to share us all over social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, SCPB Podcast. Subscribe. Hit that bell for notifications. We'll see you on the next episode of the Squared Circle Psycho Babble.